G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. We spent a few days at the hospital getting to know the leprosy hospital and everything and BJ led a Bible study one night and I was just, yeah, I think that's the man I want to marry. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think you could call it love at first sight. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part four in our series that started with retired dentist Graham McClellan from Orange in New South Wales. We heard Graham's life journey and how he made a huge contribution to the Australian Christian community over the years, including helping start several Christian radio stations. Last time, we spoke to his son, Michael, who helped to start a radio station on the island of Vanuatu after marrying Rita, who was born there. And today, we have another romantic story about a radio station that Graham helped to start, this time in Nepal. To help us tell the story, our guest is Tabitha Pandey, who's joining us from Wellington in New South Wales, and she was once Graham's dental assistant in his practice. Tabitha's chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Welcome to the program, Tabitha Pandey. Hi, Eric. Great to be here. Glad to have you with us. And so, you know Graham McLennan. You've worked with him. Yes, I've known Graham for many, many years now. Okay, and so we're going to find out how eventually you go to Nepal to meet your future husband. But first, let's back up and find out a little bit about your background. Yes, Eric. So um, I grew up in Orange. I was born in Bathurst and Mm -hmm. was raised between Bathurst and then Orange. So I met Graham on and off through um, school and church when I was living in Orange. Actually, you have a connection to his son as well. Is that right? I do, yes. Michael was actually one of my teachers when I was in high school. Oh, wow. So we, our paths have crossed many, many times before I was working for Graham. So, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family and we went to church in Orange. Um, so I went to the Christian school in Orange. Which he helped to start, if I understand it. He did, yes. So I went to a school that Graham established Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael was my teacher, and now my children are going to a school also, which Graham established. Oh, so. wow. Oh, wow. So he's been a big part of our lives. Okay, well, let's go back to what caused you to take a trip to Nepal in the first place. Yeah, so um, I went to um, a church in Orange called Orange Gospel Chapel, uh, and one Sunday morning, the head of Leprosy Mission New South Wales came to speak to us, um, and through his talk, he just basically just uh, let us know what the Leprosy Mission is doing around the world, and I was 17 at the time, and um, he came up to me after the service, and he said, oh, we have these fantastic trips fundraising trips Mm -hmm. and you should think about it and (laughs) instantly I thought no thank you this is not something that I am interested in I'm 17 and not really my thing so put it at the back of my mind and um, I was actually working as a jeweler at the time so about six months later I was sitting in my office on my own just in the afternoon and I had an overwhelming feeling 
that the Lord wanted me to go on one of these trips. I couldn't, I couldn't explain. I, I still mm-hmm. can't. I don't have the words to explain mm-hmm. the feeling yeah. at the time, Eric. It was just so overwhelming that I picked up the phone there and then and I rang mum. I said, mum, I, th- I think I need to go on this trip. And I think my mum silently had a bit of a heart attack. But anyway, <laughs> God bless her. She, she worked with me and she rang the leprosy mission, Ron Dawes, who was the head of the New South Wales branch. And he was on his way to Melbourne at the time. So mum got transferred to the Melbourne office and was put on to someone called Graham Peck. And um, Graham just ran with that, let my mum know everything about this track for treatment it was. And by the end of the conversation, I think he had me signed up. So I was (laughs) ready to go. So if I had gone with Ron, I would have been going to India. But as it turned out, Graham had me signed up and I ended up going to Nepal. Okay, so they obviously are active in several different countries, but the one that you went to was going to Nepal. That's correct. So they have uh, a few of these trips that go, um, and the idea of the the track for treatment is just to send people to the hospitals and the community programs and get them a firsthand experience of what it's like. And then Mm, we come back and we raise money. So I initially thought I'd be going to India, ended up going to Nepal. So in uh, March 2004, I went to Nepal with uh, uh, the leprosy mission. Now, I understand that you weren't the only member of your family to go. Is that right? No. So after we got the brochures and had a look through it and dad had a read and he felt that he should go on the trip as well. So Mm -hmm. he just thought it was a brilliant opportunity. And being 17 and, you know, wanting to spread my wings, I was a little bit insulted. But... (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? You wanted to go by yourself? I did want to go by myself. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the Lord actually was working through that as well, Eric, because Mm -hmm. um, he ended up coming with me. We had a wonderful time. It was a a great father-daughter trip. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, so and actually it worked out for the best, which I will tell you about later. But um, my father and I went with 32 other Australians. So, uh, yeah, that was March 2004. Okay, and I understand that there were some uh, challenges along the way to Nepal. Is that right? Yeah. So um, in the initial getting ready and everything went really smoothly, mm-hmm. and we were all excited. It was the first time out of the country for me. Yeah. First time I'd ever been on a, a plane, actually. So yeah. yeah, so we actually left early in the morning from Melbourne Airport, and we arrived at Bangkok Airport and um, had a heart episode, which was quite scary. And I spent the four-hour layover in uh, Bangkok Medical Center. What was happening? Okay, so I had something um, called tachycardia. So my heart rate went from normal beating rate to 230 beats per minute, uh, which was very scary because I was just sitting in a plane. Had you Um, ever had anything like this before? I had one vague episode um, a year or so earlier, um, mm-hmm. but never knew anything about it at the yeah. time. Yeah, pretty scary. It was very scary. Yeah. And my father and Graham Peck both suggested that I head back to Sydney, that I give the trip a miss. But I, I just, Eric, I knew that the Lord wanted me on that trip. I didn't know why. It was just an overwhelming sense that I had to be there. So mm-hmm. ended up back on the plane heading to Kathmandu. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, um, and that is where I met BJ. BJ, and 
We should let our listeners know that he's sitting right next to you. Is that right? He is. That's right. right. Welcome to the program, BJ Pandy. Thank you very much, Eric, and thanks for having me. Well, BJ, tell us your background before you met Tabitha. Um, I was born in the um, southern part of Nepal, closer to India, in a middle-class family. We have classes in caste in Nepal, if you uh, don't know. And then I, I was part of a Brahmin family, which is a priesthood family. The, par- uh, the parents and the, the bread owners usually are priests. But um, luckily, uh, my dad had already been Christian by then, and he was a Christian priest, not a Hindu priest at that time. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a Christian family. I went to most of my schooling um, down south, closer to India, then I moved to Kathmandu, where my dad got a job in working in National Churches Fellowship of Nepal, a big umbrella organization for a lot of churches in Nepal. And then... Uh, deep in my heart, I always wanted to do something uh, medical, uh, and my mm-hmm. parents had planted a seed uh, in my heart that uh, you're good in your studies, why don't you try and become a doctor? So I always had that in my mind, but uh, later in my life, I realized that, yeah, that's the only thing I, I want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I didn't get admission in a couple of colleges that I applied for, I got really distraught, and, um, and I was thinking, oh, what am I going to do with my life? But suddenly, uh, God opened a door and I uh, got a, my application accepted in one of the medical school uh, in one of the city in uh, Nepal called Pokhara. And I did my medical training there. Uh, going through medical school was pretty hard, uh, not just study-wise, but uh, financially, it was very expensive to mm-hmm. go through medical school. Uh, yeah. My parents had to sell part of uh, the land uh, to put me through medical school and I didn't know when the next year's tuition fee was going to come. Oh, uh, wow. Miracles we provided uh, through some person that dad didn't even know. Um, he came from overseas to help me because he mm. saw a vision of dad in his dream that he should come all the way from Hong Kong to come and help my dad to, for my education. So that was that was a miracle uh, thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And the second thing that was also very good for my education was there's a, a leprosy mission hospital uh, in Nepal, the leprosy mission Australia that helps uh, to run part of the medical work in, in Nepal. And I used, I got contacted by the leprosy hospital saying, we need doctors to work in our facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are able to work for us after you graduate, then we will support you. Uh, we'll give you some scholarship. Mm-hmm. So I, I happily raised my hand. I was like, wow, <laughs> what an opportunity. First yeah. of all, I get to work in a mission hospital, which is my dream. Yeah. Secondly, uh, they're going to pay for part of my scholarship. So I oh, said, yeah. yes. Yeah. And then uh, thankfully I've completed the medical school without any huge debt. And um, I was contracted to work in leprosy hospital where I met Tabitha uh, in 2004. I was contracted for three years. And um, yeah, that's where uh, I think Tabitha ended the story too. <laughs> so, You're listening to The Story. Today, Tabitha and Dr. BJ Pandey are sharing their story as a couple. We just heard their backgrounds and how Tabitha grew up in New South Wales and BJ grew up in Nepal. Next, we'll hear how they eventually meet and some of the challenges Tabitha faced when she took a short-term mission trip to Nepal. All that and more when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. 
or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Tabitha and Dr BJ Pandy are sharing their story as a couple. Next, we'll hear how they eventually meet when Tabitha takes a short-term mission trip to Nepal. Also, we'll hear how a chance meeting at their wedding leads to a Christian radio station being started in Nepal. That's all coming up as they continue their chat with Eric Scatterbo. BJ, take us back to the first time you meet her. Why were you meeting her? I'm meeting her in a training facility in one evening um, and she looked at me and I looked at her and I think, oh, wow, this is a pretty girl. Tabitha <laughs> <laughs> says, even to this day, she makes a joke that every time she looks at my face, I used to shy away my, my yeah, and then I'd uh, pretend I'm not looking at her. So I was instantly attracted to her. But um, obviously, um, the supraventricular tachycardia that she had uh, in Bangkok Airport made the leprosy mission director and, and my boss a little bit concerned. And they oh, yeah. actually sent uh, me and one of my friend to be with uh, the 32-odd Australian people on a trek to be their medical personnel in case of any emergencies. If I'm understanding this correctly, the first time you see her, she's kind of your patient in a sense. Uh, not really. I didn't really treat her at all. Uh, the first time that I got to Anandaban, they introduced me to you and um, another doctor straight yeah. away. So they said, you need to keep an eye on her. This is, okay. you know, this is what's happened. So, yeah, so I... Well, wait, wait, wait a second. They told BJ he needed to keep an eye on you, and it sounds like he was like, yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, Eric. Now that it's... <laughs> Because for ulterior motives, I know I'm. I mean, I'm, I know I'm, I'm jumping a gun a little bit because uh, through the treks he rolled an ankle a couple of times, and I did provide her some first aid care. So she was my patient. Sorry. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. You were there for her. Yeah, I was there for her. shoulder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, let's go back to you, Tabitha. What were you thinking? Uh, was there uh, some attraction there from the start? Yes, there was, Eric. So I think. We both had the same thought as soon as we met each other, to be honest. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, and then we, we spent a few days at the hospital getting to know the leprosy hospital and everything, and BJ led a Bible study one night, and I was just, yeah, I think that's the man I want to marry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think you could call it love at first sight. Oh, right? that's beautiful. So, as I understand it, as I've been told the story by Graham, mm -hmm. people on the trip kind of knew there was something romantic going on between the two of you, but there was one person who was the last to know. Is that right? Yes. So I think most people could see something happening, even though we were trying quite hard not to let that know. <laughs> yeah. But um, the last person to know was my father, believe it or not. That's so. what I was told, yes. Yes, so there was, um, we had a chaplain with us and he was trekking with my dad through the Himalayas and he, he kind of elbowed my dad in the side and said, I think there might be a wedding here. And I think my dad was highly insulted before a light bulb came on. And then <laughs> he was terrified the entire way home of how he was going to explain it to my mum. So. Oh my goodness. Well, you're 17 years old, you're in a foreign country, there's all kinds of things he must have been thinking about. How is this going to work? 
I think so. Yeah. yeah. So all those things I didn't cross my mind, but it definitely, I think my father had a very long eight-hour flight home. Yes. Okay. So that's the beginning of the two of you meeting. Did you correspond there for a while after the trip? Yeah. So before we had left Nepal, BJ had already um, made plans to come to Australia about six mm-hmm. months later. Mm-hmm. So for the next two years, we kind of did the long distance internet dating as often as possible. It was hard because BJ was outside of the the city with very little internet access. So correspondence was few and far between. But Mm. um, yeah, so whenever we could, we'd um, either get a message to each other or snail mail or things Mm. like that. Um, And then I think we went about every six months, we'd one of us would go and visit the other. So a long distance romance is all we've known really for the first two years. You had to work hard just to be in the same country together. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, Applying for visa to come to Australia was a a tricky thing too at that time. And um, Tabitha coming to Nepal and uh, getting adjusting in Nepali culture and living with my parents and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, learning how to eat Nepali food was also another challenge. So for us, (laughs) she used to, add uh, tomato sauce in all the Nepali food <laughs> uh, because she couldn't stomach the coriander, but now she loves coriander. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're limited in the time. I could talk to you guys forever about how the relationship developed, but let's fast forward to 2006. The two of you were married in New South Wales? We were, yes. So BJ got a prospective marriage visa. So it meant that when he entered Australia, we had to be married within the nine months. So BJ came out in July 2006 and we were married in November. So I was actually, I was working for Graham then and as doing my nursing, Mm -hmm. came back from Nepal and did my nursing degree. And um, yeah, I got married the day after I finished my first year of nursing degree. So And so you invited Graham to the wedding? We did. So yes, Graham actually became quite close after we came back from Nepal and I had worked with him and we invited Graham and Pam to our wedding. And I understand that that was the beginning of a relationship because Graham McLennan met BJ's father. Tell us about what happened. Yeah, um, they just uh, clicked together and then they started talking about the common passion that they had about spreading the good news of the Lord all across the land and uh, Graham being a pioneer in starting so many radio ministry and mm-hmm. that was something that was in uh, my dad's heart too. And, um, so in, in Nepal, it was very close for go- gospel for many years for those mm-hmm. people who don't know Nepal. It was incredibly hard to use any media to spread the word of, of God. Um, mm-hmm. Previously, um, radio studio from India and other countries used to broadcast Nepali messages uh, across the border. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to have a radio uh, FM station, radio station in Nepal itself. And that just, the idea just matched very well. And um, at that time, there was a prospect of buying some time because the country was getting open to Christian media. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country, which was quite close to Christianity before, it was getting open to have gospel message or some sort of Christian message through a national television and the national, national radio broadcast, all government owned. And we bought some time uh, from the national uh, Nepali radio, which is secular radio. And still to this day, it runs half an hour every week. And um, they also uh, bought some time in the television later on. 
and eventually develop into many different uh, ministries. It's under the banner of Messages of Hope. It runs Word for Today translation, uh, 24 hours radio, 18 wow. FM stations all around the country, television broadcast through national Nepali television that reaches most of the population of Nepal, and a half an hour radio program, AM radio program that reaches most of the country. Um, all Christian, all gospel, solid gospel messages are around mm. the country. And a lot of that is due to Graham McLennan and your father meeting at your wedding. That's, That's right. So yeah, that all all kind of stemmed from that meeting at our wedding and, and Graham was so gracious to support BJ's father, Simon, um, for many, many years on his own. He he had other people, there was a few other people helping out, but Graham was very instrumental in that. So yeah, and that all kind of stemmed from the meeting of, of BJ's dad and, and Graham at our wedding. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, yeah. we're running out of time, but we want to get an update on what has happened to the two of you since 2006. I understand your family has grown a bit. Yeah, so we now have three children, um, which uh, I just mentioned earlier, are all attending um, a beautiful Christian school in Wellington that Graham founded. God bless him. And yeah, so BJ works here at the Aboriginal Medical Center in Wellington, and um, I'm stay-at-home mom. Mm. Loving every minute of it. And uh, I also run a, a cafe at the school for the mums and, and the parents. So, um, Oh, that's great. Yeah. And BJ, how are you liking living in Australia? Oh, I love it. It's a great country to live in. God has blessed this country so much. Our healthcare system is great and our um, facilities around here is so good. Um, there is nothing to complain about this country. Um, we are so richly blessed over here. Plus, we're living in Wellington. I love living in Wellington. It's a, in Central West Town in New South Wales. We get really good four weathers, uh, seasons, sorry. Yep. Um, and winter is really good. Summer is really good. Uh, and it's really nice. We love it. Yeah. We've been very blessed, Eric. And are you both involved in your local church and any ministries? Yeah. Um, we are. We go to a double Baptist church half an hour away from here. But excitingly, uh, some Nepali people who just migrated to Australia and um, right? they yeah they, they they are on some visa arrangement in Dubbo and they they are Christians and they just started a Nepali church there. Is that right? Yeah mm-hmm. attend there every Friday evening. Um they are they're on fire for the Lord uh, so much and they put me to shame sometimes their worship is so powerful um and they are in passion so they are praying for uh, more wisdom and uh, more people and uh, uh, as they as a church uh, grows and all in number. Um, yeah, so uh, we're really excited to attend two different churches locally. Wow, who would have thought a Nepali ministry somewhere in rural New South Wales? Yeah, that is correct. That's amazing. And you get to be a part of that. We do. Oh, uh, we are loving it. And I, I love the fact that my kids get to go to a Nepali church, even yeah. though we're in, in rural New South Wales. Yeah. So, uh, it's very, yeah, very exciting development that's just come along recently. So, we're loving that. Fantastic. BJ mm-hmm. and Tabitha Pandy, thank you so much for sharing your romantic story with us today. Thank you thank for you, having Eric. us, Eric. That was BJ and Tabitha Pandy sharing their story 
and the story of the Christian radio station in Nepal that began largely as a result of BJ's father meeting Graham McClellan at their wedding. I just love how God works through his people to further his kingdom. And the great thing about it is that this radio ministry has now grown to have several other aspects to it, all bringing glory to God and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to the people of Nepal. It's absolutely fantastic. To learn more, the ministry is called Message of Hope Nepal, and the website is mohnepal.org. That's mohnepal.org. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this series of programs, which all started with Graham McClellan coming from humble beginnings in farm country in New South Wales, and then going on to have an impact in many parts of the world with various ministries. It's a wonderful example of how God plants seeds, and then those seeds produce fruit, and then spread to other places, and so on and so forth. A wonderful legacy that Graham and his wife Pam have created, and an excellent story for us to listen to. Well, until next time, when we'll hear another inspiring story of faith, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Well, this is a wonderful privilege today to be here sitting in a studio in Kathmandu uh, with the, the team from Message of Hope. Uh, we have uh, Shanti, Anavav, and Dr. Pandey, who are all a part of uh, the team here. Thank you again for allowing Thank us you. to be here. Thank you. Andrew Robbo Robinson is in a studio in Kathmandu, Nepal, to find out the story behind a Christian media ministry there in that predominantly Hindu country. Robbo will also find out the stories of some of the people who started the ministry. All that and more is coming up next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.